0: Good morning. morning. So in preparation for um, this week, I was uh, reading from Ernest Holmes, Words That Heal Today, and there was this passage that was just lovely, and then it sort of morphed into something else, and so now this is what it is now. As our thinking responds to divine goodness, to givingness, to love, the mind and the body are filled with the lightness of being. There descends a calmness, a peace, at the center of our thought, revealing the space where love lives. Then in every direction we turn, upon whatever person our thought rests, love follows. Which I think makes sense because it is my belief that love is what we are. It is who we are, as Nancy said. It is the truth of every single one of us. Deepak Chopra says that love is considered the most basic emotion that human awareness can feel. Therefore, it is the closest to the source of life. Which is what we teach in Science of Mind. Um, Closest to the source of life. So this morning we continue our series on real love. Based on this book. And this book has a lot of stuff in it, and some of it's kind of disturbing, I think. Because it talks about relationships and aspects of relationships that maybe in a different way than any of us have ever thought of it before, or maybe that's just me. A basic premise in his writing is that real love means unconditional love. Real love is genuinely caring about somebody else, here's the tricky part, with no agenda of our own. In the Bible, in the book of Corinthians, it talks about love. There are passages that I, I'm guessing Larry probably does that you know, are used frequently in wedding ceremonies. Um, it says, love is not self-seeking. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love rejoices in the truth. And that's the kind of love that we're talking about that is real love, which is unconditional love, which I still think is that term is redundant. Either it's unconditional or it's something else. So in relationship, that's where we get to practice this stuff. That's where we get to practice. And the first relationship, as we've been saying all month, the first relationship that we need to practice on is the one that we have with ourselves. Because the relationship that I have with me colors every single relationship that I have. Always. Another aspect to the premise in this book is that what most of us think is real love is not. It's something else, and it is what he calls imitation love. I like to call it faux love. (laughs) And we don't know the difference because the imitation part is all that we know. And so here are some differences. This is a really big one. Real love is genuinely caring about somebody else with absolutely no thought as to what I'm going to get out of it. Imitation love is me caring about you as long as you care about me in the precise way that I need you to care about me at any given moment of my choosing, essentially. Imitation love is conditional. It's whatever works for me. Real love is not conditional at all. Imitation love has conditions in which the participants are typically unaware that those conditions exist within themselves. So certainly they're unaware that the conditions exist in somebody else. So it's literally the blind leading the blind. And what it's about essentially is people, most of us, that feel like something is missing. And we want the other person to fill in that missing piece which, of course, they can't, but we're not talking about that. So it's not talked about at all. Because it's about feeling empty inside and wanting someone else to fill you up. And so, of course, we're not going to talk about that. And so, of course, that's not going to happen because it can't happen in the first place. So nobody's talking about everything. So all of this is about this very moving little elevator scene, which is you, me, me and it can't happen. See, real love requires love from the inside out, which again means that it all has to begin with us, individually with us. Thich Nhat Hanh says that the basic condition for caring for another is caring for ourselves. And while this is not an entirely new concept, it is not one that most of us have grown up believing. I don't think we were taught that. I know I wasn't. Because self-love meant the same thing as self-centered, or self-absorbed, or selfish, uh, narcissistic. And all those things are true if you loved yourself, and then you just stopped there, right? (laughs) That literally would be all about me. (laughs) So, most of us have been on an airplane, right? You get on the airplane, you get your seat, and there's other people getting on the airplane, and... Then the airline personnel take us through the safety features of the airplane. And they demonstrate, which I always really like. They take the seat belt and they go like this. And they take the oxygen mask and they go like this. In the event of a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen will be provided. A mask like this, then they play, you know, do this, and they're always stretching it. I think they want you to know it's mobile or something. Oxygen will be provided. A mask like this will fall down from the panel above. Pull it to your face, and by doing so, the oxygen supply will be activated. Secure your mask before helping others. Now, why do they say that? Because if you can't breathe, you can't help somebody else breathe. Bear uses the example of a water pail. He says, You can't share your water if your pail doesn't have any water in it. Here's what's even more intense. If you know that you don't have any water in your pail, you're going to be pretty desperate to get it filled up, right? So you can see how this is going to work out. So before I can love you, I have to love me. Because I can't give you what I don't have. And the tagline on the front of this book says, um, the truth about finding love, finding unconditional love and fulfilling relationships. The truth is it starts here. Without exception. It always starts with us. And so, assuming that, so then what? So then what do we do? Well, we can begin by telling the truth. And before everybody gets totally excited about exactly who they're going to tell the truth to, (laughs) it's us. As disappointing as that might be, it's about telling the truth about us to us. We start with doing that. Because until I'm willing to tell the truth about myself, I sure as heck don't know the truth about you. That's one thing. And secondly, it is not my job to tell the truth about you. That is your job. See, my stuff is my job, and your stuff is your job. That's, those are the rules. Not to mention, and it says in the book, otherwise I would never have an idea what this means, trying to change somebody else is a lot of work. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of work. It's a great distraction though and it's never going to happen it's never going to happen so we tell the truth to ourselves about ourselves and then we do what we need to do to learn to love and accept ourselves and that's not going to happen by reading a book it's not going to happen by taking a class it might begin to happen by starting to do those things and we have to practice we have to practice loving ourselves accepting ourselves whether that takes self dialogue whether it takes working um, with someone else a practitioner a minister a therapist um, whatever it takes to practice to practice loving ourselves and accepting ourselves and it's a process It's a process. It's a journey. It's not a destination. I'd like to quote the great philosopher Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. (laughs) Well, he did say it. It's a journey. It's not a destination. And it's a spiritual practice, loving ourselves. And I think of it really, truly as looking for a hidden treasure and having faith, trusting that it's us. Trusting that it's us. And as we learn to do this, as we learn to love ourselves and accept ourselves, our vision becomes clearer. Because, and this is just, because unless and until I love you, unless and until I love myself, I can't see you. I can't love you. I can't see clearly. What I see is what you might do to me, Or what you might do for me. So you disappear. So then I'm alone. Which is what I was trying to avoid in the first place. So then it's just my own inadequate self there. I'm all by myself because I can't see you at all. So it truly is all about me. Me. I mean, it is. And you'd think that'd be a good thing, wouldn't you? (laughs) So relationships with ourselves, relationships, period, is a training ground for finding our way back to real love. Relationship is like a mirror. Some of you are nodding. You've observed this. It's like a mirror. Holding up a mirror so that we can see... What we are doing, what we are showing, how we're showing up. And there are signs. Relationship can be signposts to show us what it is that we're thinking and believing about ourselves. This is my least favorite passage in the whole book, I think. <laughs> if you're unhappy in a relationship, you're always wrong. It's like what? There must be a misprint. If you're unhappy in a relationship, you're always wrong. Now, he's not saying that somebody else is right. What he is saying is that the source of your happiness or unhappiness has everything to do with you. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. So our happiness or unhappiness originates in here, not with the other person. Now, we might use the other person to exacerbate all that stuff, but it's us. It's within us. So when I'm unhappy, it's a sign that I need to go within and figure out what's going on in here. Why I am not feeling loved, and therefore I'm not feeling very loving. In that order. Because our unhappiness means that we're not getting what we think we need from somebody and we think we should be getting it from somebody else. That's their job. So, if we're feeling unhappy, obviously they're not giving us what we need. No. They're just doing what they do. Which doesn't mean you can't ask for something, but that's a whole different that's a whole different area. Because see, if it's, if it's, if it's uh, your stuff in a relationship I'm talking, if it's your stuff, this is my stuff. <laughs> it's all there we go. See how quickly we can turn around. So if it's your stuff, I notice. And what that looks like to me is, if uh, my my husband, for instance, is you know all of a sudden acting real funky or something, I might be whoa. Wonder what's going on there. So that's his stuff. But I can make up my stuff really quickly. If he acts all funky or something, I'm like, ah, uh, okay, what's up? You know, I can criticize him. I can be I can do all kinds of stuff. Then that's my stuff. There's a big difference. Also, you can imagine how how an interaction will go in those two scenarios. The first scenario might be, I might notice, I might say, it seems like you're upset. Um, Is there something I can do to, you know, whatever. As opposed to, I don't know why you have to act like that. It really sucks and it ruins everything and da-da-da-da-da. That's my stuff because he's not giving me what I want. And that's not his job. His job is to be the most him he can be, and my job is to be the most me I can be. And my job is to learn to love and accept me so I can learn to love and accept you. Bear says, we generally don't accept people as they are. We say we do. We wish we did. We know we should. But we don't. And we prove that with our behavior. And what that looks like is expressing disappointment when someone doesn't do what you want them to do. Expressing anger when somebody doesn't give you what you want. Because what this is about is when you don't behave in the way I want you to, that means you are not giving me what I want. You are not meeting my needs. That is not about you. That's about me. And because it is about me, I can't see you. My vision is, is blocked by my own need for you to behave in a certain way so that I can feel better. See, so now I'm back at what you're going to do to me or for me. And I don't see you at all. Really accepting me and really accepting you means that I don't take anything you do or say personally. Nothing. Which doesn't mean that you might not have information for me. That's different. Anything, I, I, anything you say or do has everything to do with you and it doesn't have anything to do with me. And where we get into trouble is when we take stuff personally. Again, because you might not be meeting my need for whatever it is I think I need. Which I'm in trouble because I outsourced it. (laughs) And the thing is, and here's the key, and he talks about this too, people do what they know how to do. People have spent decades honing Protective and getting behaviors, decades. Some of us, more decades than others. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, people are just doing what, I mean, we all, we all do that. And it makes such a huge difference. It is so freeing when we begin to understand that. Nobody's ever done anything to me, ever. People just do stuff. People do what they know how to do. Now, sometimes it feels like I get in the way, maybe, but not so much. This is worth, this is worth reading, and one of the reasons I think it's worth reading is because it is, I found it jarring. When he starts getting into stuff about um, what promises mean, what wedding vows mean, what we may believe around how people who love people should behave. I didn't realize it for years. I had a whole list of behaviors that if my husband engaged in them, that meant he loved me, and if he didn't engage them, it meant he didn't. I forgot to give him the list. (laughs) Which works because I just made it up anyway. It didn't mean anything. Because what we're looking for in our partner is not theirs to do. It's ours. Our stuff is ours, and it's our job. It's our job. Caring for ourselves is a basic condition for caring for someone else. Self-esteem, self-love right now is our job. When we were children, it was our parents' job. And they did what they knew how to do because they learned it from their parents'. But you can't teach what you don't know any more than you can give what you don't have. But now we know, right? Now we know. Now we know that people do what they know how to do, which is what our parents did. Now it's our job. It's our job to tell ourselves the truth to fill ourselves up to learn to love ourselves and when we do this everything opens up everything changes and if we start with the basic idea that we are expressions of the divine then that means that we are worth the effort when we realize that we're here on purpose with a purpose when we're willing then everything changes. Everything changes. Because we're supposed to be here. Each one of us is a gift to be given. But we have to believe that the gift is worth something. We have to believe that we're worth the effort to discover maybe what our gift is. But ultimately, it's us. Because if we weren't supposed to be here, we wouldn't be here. This individualized expression, there's something to that. And each one of us is that. And the thing is, this is easier than you might think because there is that within us that knows exactly who and what we are, that loves us beyond measure, that just waits, just waits for us to turn toward. And change. Real love begins with us. And that changes everything. That's when we become truly, truly, truly alive. As our thinking responds to divine goodness, to givingness, to love, the mind and the body are filled with the lightness of being. There descends a calmness, a peace at the center of our thought, revealing the space where love resides. Then in every direction we turn, upon whatever person our thought rests, love lives there. Let us pray. So in this moment of remembering, I am remembering that there's only one of us. There's only one thing going on here. I call it God. Call it spirit, whatever we call it. It's the only thing that there is. Because it is, everything else is, so that the love, the perfection, the wholeness that is God is everything, everyone, everywhere, all the time. It is the truth of every single one, and I know that that means me. I know that the truth of me is the love, the wholeness, the perfection that is the divine itself, and that there isn't a single thing I could ever think, say, or do to alter that. It simply is. And because I know this for myself, I know it for everyone in this room now. Everyone on this planet, beyond. All love, all perfection, all wholeness, all God. So I speak this word for and about everyone in this room this morning, affirming and knowing, claiming a willingness to remember who we are. A willingness to do whatever it takes to get back to that place of knowing. That love is the truth of us. Love is the power that we are. That we are everything that we could possibly need. We are our own heart's desire. I affirm a willingness to learn to express that, to experience that. Knowing that as we do so, everything around us transforms into a fuller expression of the love that is truth. I'm grateful to know this. And I release this word knowing it's done. I let it be, and so it is. is. Thank you.